0: The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.
1: Welcome to Living Well with Ann Beale. Our show is a health show, a lifestyle show, and an empowerment show rolled into one. Get ready to hear some stories of success, healthy living tips, and suggestions to get motivated and live your best life. Now, here is your host, Ann Beal.
2: Welcome to Living Well. This is Ann Beal. And I am here with Dr. Sharon Price, a nutritionist and a lady who actually changed my daughter's life. I wanted to have you talk to her today. She's a skilled clinician my daughter was diagnosed um, in fourth grade with Crohn's disease. And after working with the doctors for a couple of years, I ended up bringing her to Dr. Sharon Price. And as of today, my daughter's 22 and she no longer has Crohn's. And so I wanted to have you guys hear from her today. Sharon, welcome to the show.
3: Well, thank you. It's great to be here, Anne. I'm just uh, always excited to be able to share about health with With anybody who'll listen, basically. Well, tell us a
2: little bit about your background. Because I know you have your doctorate. But tell us about your health
3: background. Well, that's a really long story. Let me see if I can shorten it up a little bit. Um, I came from a corporate background. And anybody in corporate America knows that that's a very stressful situation. And I traveled a lot and uh, became very, very sick. Um, but having my blood work done, which is always the first thing you do with the physician, um, my blood work was perfect and no high cholesterol, no high blood pressure, no high anything. Um, matter of fact, the physician said, you're perfect. Uh, here's some Prozac. Well, obviously (laughs) I knew that I didn't have a deficiency of Prozac. I knew that I was depressed, um, but. Anyway, so I just went on a mission to figure out what was wrong with me and how I, how I could help my body heal itself. And so uh, I, I found a, actually a physician who happened to be a cardiologist who uh, felt the importance of magnesium. And I was so deficient in magnesium, among other things, that um, I had to have magnesium injections. So, anyway, it uh, it, it was just a, a process for me, and it uh, you know God put me on the, this path years ago, and I didn't realize it, and so. You know, when he tries to get your attention, I think sometimes when you become very sick and I was just on a mission and I became very passionate about it and um, realized that uh, my body needed specific nutrients, vitamins, minerals, amino acids, uh, protein. I was so deficient in protein. How How old were you when that happened to you? I was around, let me see, I was uh, became a Christian when I was 39. So it all happened about the same time. So I was about uh, 39, 40 years old at that time. Because you're so
2: healthy now. And I actually met Dr. Price when she came to our grad school and talked with us about nutrition and about Autoimmune disease mm-hmm. um, and so that 's how I got the idea to take my daughter to go see her and so for you, Dr. Price, I know now you 're a skilled clinician and a passionate research scientist um, how so through your own illness, you got into learning all about
3: nutrition and health and how it 's affected right well, you know that was my my own um, Testimony, I should say, and so I realized that there were so many people who were so sick around me, and like me, didn't didn't know why. So I realized that I wanted to take a path of of, uh, of study, and so so I did. I started out with my master's. I had already had my my B.S. and started out to. Uh, now, first of all, I started out to become certified, a certified nutritionist, and then um, pursued my master's in nutrition and then my PhD in uh, nutrition and natural health science. So, so you know, with a clinical background, I've been um, uh, visiting with patients for about 20 years now. So, so you know, I see a lot of uh I have a, a clinical background, my own personal background, clinical background, and then educational background. And, um, you know, I still see individuals who come to see me who have a diagnosis that I've never heard of. So, you know, it's it's that research passion in me that wants to look up that particular diagnosis. And a lot of times it's just putting a, a label on a series of symptoms, when that is, in, in my opinion, so wrong. Right. Uh, because what I see in those cases, is people who are so deficient in so many nutrients that, that their, their organs, their systems can't function properly.
2: Well, I think that most people don't realize that um, the medical field, especially MDs, they don't really study what causes chronic problems Mm -hmm. and how to heal chronic problems. They actually are taught instead how to manage the symptoms so you actually feel better during the time that it's a disease and you're getting worse Mm -hmm. because they categorize it as a disease. Most diseases are caused by nutritional deficiencies, mm-hmm. and but they are, MDs aren't taught that. I know DOs are taught some of that. Mm-hmm. Chiropractors are taught some of that. Mm-hmm. Naturopathic doctors, which I know we don't have in Texas, are taught a lot of that. And I think people don't realize that there's different areas of medicine, different areas of, of clinical training in the medical field mm-hmm. that all piece together to make a whole. Mm-hmm. And all we have here right now, at least in Texas, is mostly MDs. So we miss out on a lot of the information about nutrition and deficiencies and what causes diseases and how to cure them, heal them. Um, In fact, nutritionists and even, uh, you know, um, anyone who's not an MD is not allowed to use the word cure or heal. You're only allowed to say all the symptoms go away. Mm -hmm. Though you can say the same thing, give them the same medicine to animals, and you can say heal and cure. Mm-hmm. You just can't say that in our field, right? right? right. And so, um, you know, uh, I think that to know that, that to come to a nutritionist, or to learn about even how nutrition affects the body, like if you don't get calcium, and you get deficient in calcium, how many diseases can happen? Exactly. And that's where you come in, is you can identify for people what the deficiencies are that right. are causing the diseases? Right.
3: And it's not always uh, a deficiency. For me, you know, I didn't know where my my illness started, whether it was um, psychological, whether it was gut issues. And so... You know, it, it's like, where does, it, where does it all start? You know, calcium deficiencies or magnesium deficiencies or some of the key nutrients. If we're deficient in those nutrients, we can accumulate toxic waste in the body, whether it's uh, heavy metals, whether it's um, uh, bacteria, virus, you know, even cancer, the growth of cancer cells. Um, so, it's those nutritional deficiencies that set us up for toxic buildup in the body. You know, if you're not having a proper elimination, you know, whether it's from the urinary tract, whether it's from the colon, whether it's from the, the skin, the respiratory system, the lymphatic system. Um, you know, which is uh, neglected almost always, um, even in a lot of nutritional programs. So, um, the health of the lymph system is extremely important. So, so identifying those nutritional deficiencies, which which we can do, you know, whether it's in uh, blood work, whether it's in urinalysis, whether it's in hair analysis um, saliva, you know, it's important to, to identify those, those nutritional deficiencies.
2: And with Katie, my daughter, when I brought her in, she had so many deficiencies, but she also had copper toxicity that you found out, mm -hmm. which was causing a lot of the, I think it was what was causing a lot of the mood behaviors that came from that. Mm -hmm. But, um, you had her on a, you know, we got her in fourth grade on a she was throwing up every day okay. at the time, mm-hmm. and um,
3: that was quite a while ago. Yeah, that, and, that, had, yeah.
2: and had and mm-hmm. had you know diarrhea every day for <laughs> uh-huh. two years. You yeah. know, and so you got her on a pretty strict diet mm-hmm. that I could do because she was my child. Uh, right. Like if I tried to do that today when she's twenty two, I would not be successful. Right. And um, and her life started changing mm-hmm. and her health started changing, mm-hmm. and it was truly amazing. Quickly, within three weeks, she stopped throwing up. Mm-hmm. And the doctors had been working for two years. Yeah. And so for her, when she stopped throwing up and the diarrhea stopped, all her energy started coming back. Right. Um, her mood started changing. She started sleeping. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for her, and she's even said sometimes, I should go back on that diet when I was in fourth grade because I <laughs> felt so good. Right. And, yeah. um, and she had gained quite a bit of weight before that, and she lost a lot of that weight. That's why she was saying she should do that. Um, And just really became a healthy whole person. Mm -hmm. It is amazing what nutrition can do.
3: Well, and I always tell my clients that your first line therapy is always dietary changes. Always, always. As a matter of fact, I will tell people that I won't work with them unless they change their diet. Because they will not be able to reach the goals that, that we both set out. Uh, in the beginning, we just won't be able to reach them. Now, you cannot get all of the um, uh, minerals, enzymes, and, and vitamins, and, and nutrients that you need from food just because of the way food is grown nowadays, food is you know, packaged and processed, and so on and so forth. It's, you just can't do it, whether it's organic or not. So in addition to, to uh, uh, looking at dietary changes, we need to look at uh, supplemental nutrition, um, what I call micronutrition, um, to supplement what um, is recommended in the diet. So to in order to meet the goals that, that that client has, whether they have Crohn's disease, whether they have anxiety, whether they have depression, Um, fibromyalgia fibromyalgia arthritis whatever it happens it does not matter what the diagnosis is so you're not saying because I know a lot of people just want to take
2: supplements you know just pop pills basically or powder or whatever and so what I hear you saying and I've noticed on your on your education that you teach a lot of it is Supplementing, but trying to for a short amount of time mm-hmm. to get your diet changed, to get you healthier, and then you're still supplementing because you cannot get enough nutrients in your food. Right. But you you want to be able to supplement just the basics of what they need. But the the supplementing as much as they do in the beginning until their diet changes is
3: to help get them well. Right. Well, programs change. Normally, when an individual comes to see me, it's not one or two visits. It's typically at least a a six-month uh, protocol. Um, now, I don't see individuals every week. Um, generally, it's every two weeks, every three weeks, something like that, unless it's, you know, some other particular, like cancer. I'll usually see uh, clients every one to two weeks, something like that. So... Um, making sure that you know the the protocols are are followed and you know dietary changes are made and and things of that sort so it's it's always important to address the gut um, because that is the way God made the body that's where nutrition is pull, pulled from the foods that we eat so I will start them on a nutritional um, protocol, which includes dietary intake and then supplements. So as we progress through that six-month period, those uh, supplements will change.
2: Now, you're in, you're in Southlake, Texas, and, yes. you're, and her clinic is called Nutritional Directions, right? Right. In Southlake, here in this area, what are some of the main illnesses that you see in people who come to you?
3: Oh my goodness, um, Yeah, and it seems to change, um, I don't know why that is, but I see a lot of depression and a lot of anxiety, um, I see a lot of, of muscle and joint pain, um, I saw a woman who was diagnosed with fibromyalgia, uh, which I see a lot of, right, and i um, she within two weeks she came back to me for her follow up visit and she had no pain in her body whatsoever. So you put her on a lot of calcium? Or? No, no, no. And you what, It's very unusual for somebody to have a a, a um, improvement that quickly, two weeks. Um, but it happens. So, but people generally will have a gradual improvement, and I was telling a client of mine this morning, you know, it's like, you know, when you're 50, 60, she happened to be 65 years old, and she was seeing me for the first time, and, you know, I said, it's like a pendulum that swings, and at whatever age you feel like you're, you're just sick, and you can't deal with it anymore, it's like you come to see me, and we're getting that pendulum unstuck. So, you know, it swings from one side to another side, and then it'll get stuck again. So, we have to change that supplemental nutritional protocol in order to unstick that pendulum. So, it'll swing and swing nicely. So, that's why it's not, it's all about getting to the root cause. So, I will almost never put a client on calcium unless it's a a, a child right um and the reason is that they're almost i won't say almost always magnesium deficient but they almost always need magnesium before they ever need calcium and it's it's what form of that calcium is used i mean that Mm -hmm. is critical Right, whether to absorb or not absorb, or exactly, you know,
2: it's funny because Dr. Wallach, who um, I read a lot about and, and talk to, sometimes he talks about it, it's not people say you are what you eat, and he says no, you are what you absorb.
3: That's right.
2: And so you're trying to mainly improve the person's gut so that they can absorb all the nutrients. Right,
3: right, yeah, and that's you know when I see individuals who come in here who. You know, when they get through talking about how sick they are, I am personally overwhelmed with, with all of their issues and where do I start, what do I do. Um, always start with the gut because in nutritional dietary intake, I mean, so, so critical. Even things like depression and anxiety. I had a client come in one time, we checked for gluten sensitivity and... She had the highest number I had ever seen, and very, very anxious woman, and we took all gluten out of her diet, all sugar, which I always do, and within a week, she called me, and she said, I cannot believe I don't have anxiety anymore. Is that due to the diet? Well, absolutely, because there is a direct connection between the gut and the brain, and when we think of uh, 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 Prozac, or we think about the selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors (SSRIs) like Prozac, and anything that mm-hmm. helps to manipulate the the serotonin neurotransmitter, um, serotonin is produced in the gut. So, really, yes, I didn't know that. So. That direct brain gut connection. If your if your gut is not healthy, you cannot produce neurotransmitters like you need to. So, if for this particular uh, client, taking gluten out of her diet, which was um, stressing the immune system to um, to uh, aggravate the immune system because of all the inflammation. Based on the gluten that she was uh, taking, Dr. Perlmutter came out with the book Grain Brain, mm-hmm.
2: and he talks a lot about gluten and how it affects the brain right. as well. Right. You know, it's fun, I had heard a lot about gluten in the gut, mm-hmm. but I had or the colon as mm-hmm. well. But I hadn't heard how it affects the brain right as well. And so you could see how it could even cause anxiety and depression right. and things like that. Absolutely. So
3: do you suggest most people get off gluten? Um I would say probably, uh, probably 75% of clients who come in here. There are a few that you don't exhibit symptoms to gluten sensitivity, so we don't test. They have other issues that mm-hmm. we're dealing with. Um, If those issues don't go away, then we test, you know, and there are some people that will walk in here and say on their first visit, I want to be tested for food allergies, I want to be tested for, you know, three or four different things. And my response to them is, you know, and they have all of these gut symptoms, you know, gas, bloating, belching, right? (laughs) all of those gut symptoms, diarrhea or constipation. And, you know, my response to them is don't waste your money on food allergy testing until we clean up your gut, until we stabilize your gut, until we calm down that inflammation. So, Because Im- then you, you think that allergies might not be an issue then? Well, if we if we do a food allergy test, we get those results back, they're going to be allergic or intolerant to, let's say, you know, 50 different foods. If we let the system calm down and in six months do that test, they might come back with, let's say, 10 true food sensitivities. Wow. So we want to know what those true food sensitivities are. And so if we if we clean up the gut, which I know that that sounds simple, but and it's not Simply taking, you know, one thing, glutamine, and staying on that for six months. Or probiotics. Or probiotics for six months. Um, It's it's, uh, changing those protocols up within that six-month period because the body will get used to something for a period of time, and then we've got to shake it and wake it up again and say, hey, you know, let's continue with this, with this program, so.
2: That's interesting, because they say the same thing about physical workouts, that your body gets used to doing the same thing over and over and over, and so if you want better results... You need to change it up at times. Right. And kind of um, do bursts of other things Mm -hmm. to get to kind of wake up the body to burn fat better and things like that. So it sounds like it's the same thing when it comes to
3: what you're talking about.
2: Absolutely.
3: Hmm. I'm glad you brought up exercise too because that's another thing individuals come in here for, mostly women say, I am working out like a crazy person and I can't lose weight. And, So the first thing I say is we have got to check your adrenals and probably 99% of the time these individuals are in adrenal burnout and they want to lose 10, 20, 30 pounds and they will not be, I don't care how hard they work out, they're not going to be able to lose that, that weight until we get them out of adrenal burnout.
2: And so there are things you can do for that.
3: Absolutely, absolutely. And any woman or man out there who has ever had a physician put them on thyroid medication has probably told them, you'll have to stay on that for the rest of your life. Well, if we don't look at the adrenals and what's going on with the adrenals, yes, you will have to stay on that for the rest of your life. But the adrenals support the thyroid, the thyroid supports the adrenals. So if we can wake up the adrenals and get them to produce the all of the hormones that they were designed to produce, you know, first of all, you'll start losing weight. Um, you may be able to get off your thyroid medications um you uh, if we know somebody's in adrenal burnout then we know how to recommend that they change their workout protocol hmm. to burn fat better to um which will you know when when we put somebody on a dietary protocol we don't want them to lose lean muscle mass we want them to lose body fat so so, it's important to look at all those glands and organs and systems to make sure they're they're working properly. The liver, the kidneys, you know, it's so critical. Well,
2: and I think that most people hear about the thyroid, you know, but they don't really think about the other two glands, the adrenal gland and the pituitary gland. Right. And so, the adrenal gland, I don't know if doctors just don't... Now, I know DOs, I've heard DOs say that they've had clients have their adrenal gland not working, but... Um, but you just don't ever, I don't ever, over the last 20 years that I've been doing this, I haven't had anyone come in and say, you know, I'm having trouble with my adrenal gland and I'm on this, you know, synthetic adrenal medicine. Right. They do it for thyroid. And I've always thought, you know, are they just not trained in the adrenal gland? Right.
3: Well, and and that's hard to say. You know, I you mentioned earlier about physicians and their training, mm-hmm. you know, Um In defense of physicians, I have friends who are physicians, (laughs) and, you know, I just love them to death, and they will be the first one to tell you that they had no training in nutrition in school, unfortunately. But I think it's, uh, it's the, you know, it's my clients, it's the everyday people out there who will Make it necessary for physicians to investigate um, um, you know therapies that I recommend to clients oh, you know mm-hmm. i mean it's it's the the demand by the public that will make it so, and you know that's the the case for for most uh, changes that occur across the United States, but you know I think that um, getting to the root cause of the problem rather than putting a a drug, a pharmaceutical, or even a uh, uh, CoQ10 on the symptom. You know, it's like, you know, supplement for symptom, drug for symptom. You know, let's not do that unless we need to do it very temporarily to get to the root cause.
2: Well, and the root cause is
3: probably what most people really want to know.
2: What caused this and how can I get rid of it? Not... You know, I I don't think that people realize that most of the time what they're getting instead is this is to help you feel better while it gets worse over time. Because we don't really know what causes it. Right. Um, And I can't tell you how many doctors have said to my clients, you know, they'll say, well, could it be my diet or could it be this? And then, no, food doesn't really matter. And I'm like, okay, now, you know, since we were kids, our parents told us that food we, what we put in our mouth we have to have our vegetables we have to have our fruit we have to have our water right. and when we're in school they teach about the food pyramid I mean we know since we were small that food does matter mm-hmm. what we put in our mouth matters right.
3: right so right it absolutely does and you know it's it's you know like Dr. Perlmutter you know you you it's not what we eat, it's what we digest and then what we absorb, and then what we eliminate. Because if we don't eliminate properly, we we will get sick too, because the body has to do something with what we don't eliminate. So what is what does it do? It compacts the colon. you know, it it, it stores those toxins in the uh, lymph system, in the muscle system. You know, you got fibromyalgia, or you're diagnosed with fibromyalgia, you right? Know?
2: Diagnosed with, and a lot of people are being diagnosed with that. Mm-hmm. Now, you mentioned sugar. You mm-hmm. said that is the one thing that you said. I thought you said you took every, you talk everyone out of being Absolutely. on that. Absolutely. So that one sugar is is that the worst thing for you that people are on?
3: Oh my goodness! Um, well, you know if if you talk about Colas, you know. Colas, they're, yes. They're sugar, you know. So right. um so I, I would have to say yes. You know, and that doesn't mean that a person has to go for the rest of their life without having sugar. You know, uh, it it you know, my favorite thing in the world when I was so sick used to be cheesecake for dessert. <laughs> I mean, I have no desire for cheesecake now. That's good. You know, point. it just um, But sugar, I mean, that is one of the key things. And then people get off sugar and they say, okay, I'll have Splenda, I'll have, which is also sucralose, I'll have, you know, all of these other chemical sweeteners, which are horrible. And they're worse than sugar. Well, they can be definitely worse than sugar. Sugar doesn't cause cancer, does it? Sugar, well, you know, I think the jury is out. Right, that's what what I was just thinking. We don't really know. We don't really know what causes cancer, but we know that the healthier the body is, the more the immune system and the rest of the body can defend against something like cancer. Yes. Something like Alzheimer's, something like Parkinson's or, uh, you know, those sorts of things. So,
2: Well, and sugar is interesting. I don't think that most people, I mean, they know in general sugar is not good for you, mm-hmm. you know, in large amounts, but they don't realize how much sugars is in sugar's in everything right, now right. or corn syrup um yes. and so sugar is much more um dangerous to the body and if if they could get off sugar mm-hmm. you know how much they would lose weight they would feel so much better
3: right well even something like um you know sugar the when you when you eat something that has sugar in it the The body can make a decision. The liver can make a decision about what to do with that sugar, whether to put it in the fat cells of the body or whether to burn it up, use it right away. Um, If you eat something that has high fructose corn syrup, your liver doesn't have to make a decision about that at all. It goes right into the fat cells. So, you know, your Cokes and your cereals and your things like that with high fructose corn syrup, that's why America is becoming so fat.
2: Okay. Well, we will stop there and take a break, and then we'll come back and we'll have you tell us some things that you can suggest for people. Um, Want to talk about your book that you have out, um, and just really more about you and what you do to help people. Okay. And we'll break now.
0: Have you ever noticed that sometimes life just feels easier? Especially when judgment of you or anyone else ceases to exist. What if you could function from that space all the time? What if gratitude is the key? Every time you are grateful for someone or something, a new universe opens up. What difference can you create in your life and the world from the energy, space, and consciousness of gratitude? Join us on Access Consciousness Presents Beyond Saying Thank You every Tuesday at 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel.
3: Want more positivity in your life? Ready to get healthy, happy, and energized? Join the Stella Donna Goddess Gals, Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany, for a power hour of stimulating, supportive conversation on Star Style. Be the star you are. A lineup of best selling authors, celebrities, and experts. Join the effervescent mother daughter dynamic duo in this upbeat, positive, life changing talk radio playground star style be the star you are wednesdays 4 to 5 p.m pacific
2: 7 to 8 p.m eastern on the voice america empowerment channel lend us your ears it's power time
1: experiencing loss or grief can be devastating at some point our soul compels us to embrace and embark on the journey to healing but how do we begin how do we move forward Tune in to A Light for the Soul that Weeps with host Dayton Ann Williams. This program serves as your light, your forum, your passageway. Although healing is an inward journey, you are not alone. We can walk the path together. Join us every Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. You are listening to Living Well with Ann Beal. We'd love to hear from you with comments and questions about the show. Please send us an email to ablivingwell at gmail.com. That's ablivingwell at gmail.com. Now, back to this week's show.
2: Welcome back to Living Well with Ann Beal. I have Dr. Sharon Price here, and we were talking about many chronic illnesses that um, she works with as a nutritionist. And with her clinic, Life's uh, nutri- Nutritional Directions, almost right. told him my clinic. That's your clinic, <laughs> Nutritional Directions, right. in South Lake, Texas. And um, working with uh, natural health science and just how to work with the gut to get it healthier, to get rid of a lot of these um, Problems that people have, and um, so we're back. And you wanted to talk more about the body, and so and how maybe how God created the body.
3: Well, and I think that's one thing that has always fascinated me. I mean, even when I was in my twenties, I could tell that my body responded differently to the different kinds of foods or food artifacts at that time that that I ate. And I mean, I was one of those people that had a headache every day of my life, and I just thought that's the way it was going to be. But you know what? I had a Diet Coke every day of my life, every day. too. So, you know, how the body responds to food and how God has created our bodies to to heal. I mean, it's like Ann said before. I mean, I'm not even allowed to use those words Heal, treat, cure, diagnose. I can't use those words. And and I don't need to use those words because it's, it's um, whatever we give the body either creates illness or creates disease.
2: That's true. And I think that's very important that you either get better or you get sicker.
3: Right, right. So, so. God created the liver to function better with uh, magnesium and B6 and B12 and um, folic acid and all of those things that are necessary to uh, enable all of the pathways in the liver to function, Uh, to convert um, toxic uh, waste to something that's not toxic, um, to be able to to uh, push it through the system if the liver is overburdened the kidneys are going to be overburdened now what um, medical health care professional ever looked at somebody who had uh, continual urinary tract infections and looked at the liver you know if the liver is overburdened it's going to put an extra burden on the urinary tract so so we have to kind of look upstream you know what's going on upstream
2: that's very interesting because you know a lot of um my daughter she had a lot of urinary tract infections back then mm-hmm. and um and the liver had been
3: affected that you had found out there were things with the liver well, and that's um just it you know she said she had uh, you said she had copper toxicity well oh. I don't remember that, but, right. <laughs> but, yeah, and one way we determine that is through hair analysis. And it's not that she necessarily had toxicity in her body. It's toxicity in the liver uh-huh. because she, if she's copper toxic, she's zinc deficient. Because those two minerals are antagonistic towards each other. So so getting that copper out of the liver so that the body can utilize that copper. So it's like the rest of the body is deficient in copper, but the liver is toxic. So anybody who uh, is copper toxic is always uh, zinc deficient. deficient.
2: So how do you feel about you know, high cholesterol statin drugs that cause the liver to swell so it doesn't produce cholesterol.
3: Oh boy, that's a loaded question. Because I'm
2: sitting here hearing you (laughs) talk about the liver and I know they make it swell so it doesn't produce cholesterol. And Dr. Perlmutter in his book, Grain Brain, talks about how much he hates statin drugs because of what they do to the liver.
3: Yes, statin drugs are... You know, in the first place, they compromise coenzyme Q10, which is ubiquitous. It's throughout the entire body. It's it's one of the nutrients um, that help to get energy out of the cells. And people who are on statin drugs almost always have muscle pain, and that's because uh, statin drugs are 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 uh, making coenzyme Q10 which the body can produce on its own, it's making it inefficient. Inefficient. It also doesn't let your body create cholesterol, which... You need it for hormones and stuff like that too, right? Definitely need uh, cholesterol. Cholesterol, all of the hormones of the body proceed out of cholesterol. That's what I thought. Yeah, and
2: and a woman having ha- messed up hormones is not a happy. No.
3: <laughs> Neither are men. who have right. low testosterone. No, that's
2: true. They yeah. would that the testosterone wouldn't be able to be created. Yes,
3: right. And so, yeah, I mean. I rarely ever will do cholesterol testing in anybody. Number one, because if a the patient comes to me, they've been to their physician, they've already had their cholesterol checked. Um, if um, um, if their cholesterol is even 250, I mean, if you look at the reference ranges for cholesterol 10 years ago, right. 250 was fine. It was
2: fine, yes. yes.
3: So, so we have to be a little bit careful about you know, there's drugs that we throw out the body. Generally, if you take one drug, there's another drug you have to take to counteract that particular drug. Anybody who comes in here on a statin drug, I will always put them on coenzyme Q10 if they don't want to get off of that drug. But because
2: they're scared, aren't they, that they'll get heart disease or heart attack. Yes. And yet there's no research to prove any of that with high or low that there's any difference.
3: Right. And, and individuals um, should also be checked for uh, uh, high sensitivity C-reactive protein, hmm. which is a cardiovascular risk indicator should be checked for homocysteine which is a cardiovascular risk indicator so so rather than just checking cholesterol you right. know we have to check all of these other things magnesium and B6 anybody who's on Prilosec or any of those acid-blocking drugs is almost always magnesium deficient and vitamin B12 deficient.
2: And that's what happened with Katie. I mean, she had been on Prevacid at second grade when she was spinning up. Mm -hmm. They started getting her Prevacid, and she was on it for two years before I brought her to you. And it made her so, so sick. And so now I never will take any of those anymore, Mm -hmm. knowing what they do. But it did. That's part of what made her... And that's when she eventually started throwing up. She just got sicker and sicker, mm-hmm.
3: and so I'm glad and, to hear you say that about those. Oh, and that just breaks my heart when when children come in here and they're on so many uh, supposedly adult drugs that because the physicians don't know to how to change their diet, how to recommend to change their diet. Um, yeah, it's it's just very sad. Because she was, sad.
2: And I, I feel like, oh, I ruined my children because I did let them drink soda when they were <laughs> younger. And so many things I thought, you know, if I had just known, mm-hmm. I, you know, you got her off soda. And, and that was one of the things that settled her stomach a lot because she was neutralizing her stomach acid with the soda. I didn't know. And the sugar, right? And corn syrup and all that kind of stuff. But, yeah, there were minor things that we could have done instead of putting her on the preface mm-hmm. that I found out later. Right. And so now I'm pretty I'm pretty freaked out about soda and stuff like that. <laughs> I try not to preach too much about it.
3: Well, and you know, when I uh started my business, I didn't intend to start a business, but it was just it was all it was all God. And uh you know, there weren't a whole lot of people out there who who know what a whole lot of people out there know today right. because of how far this industry has come because of of uh, the health food stores who um, because of, of you know people out there like me who who want people when i first started my business i I would get up at 6 o'clock and go to the Lions Club to speak. I mean, I would go anywhere to speak that people would have me because I had such a passion about what I had found, and I wanted everybody uh, to know about it. So you know, you take today, for instance, when you know the big buzzword now is gluten sensitivity. Gluten sensitivity. <laughs> you well, hear it all the time. You know, I I I think that's important, though. But but so what happens is these market these companies will get into the the field and make all these foods that are gluten sensitive. But hello, how much sugar is in these gluten free foods? I right. should. Should have said lots of sugar free foods, so, but you you have to look at the ingredient list um, because some of these gluten-free foods can be loaded with sugar or. Uh, uh, corn syrup or, you know, uh, sucralose. They made blender. them very
2: tasty, haven't they?
3: Yes. And that's
2: where the danger comes in. Um, as far as women, I know you you work with a lot of women who are hormonally imbalanced. Right. right. <laughs> you know, um, if you can think of just some basic things for these women to consider just in their diets, what are some of the things you can
3: suggest? For their diets? Mm-hmm. Oh, goodness. Um, Well, I will usually uh, provide a list of foods for um, those women um, to take out of their diets. To take out. Because a lot of women say, I have hot flashes all the time. And I find that that is due to um, uh, uh, an imbalance of carbohydrate intake. So whether it's cookies, cakes, pies, you know, uh, donuts uh, uh, or even, you know, pasta and potatoes and let's just say a, a diet that's out of balance uh, with high carbohydrate. Um, which turns into sugar in the body, um, mm-hmm. which is, you know, a sugar that sometimes the body can use, sometimes it can't. So that by itself can cause hot flashes. And it's interesting that you say that because I've seen 20-year-olds,
2: 25-year-olds that'll mm-hmm. be having hot flashes. Mm-hmm. And they'll assume it's their thyroid and they'll go to the doctor and they'll, Reduce the TH, T, TSH <laughs> right. and and something else anyway T four or something and they'll say it's not their thyroid right and so you know but there's so many other things it could be
3: there are so many other things and you know depending on the age of the woman and depending on the other uh, symptomology that she presents with you know we we will test um, let's say a woman is forty five years old. Um, I will always test the adrenals because the adrenals uh, are a backup for per, uh, producing progesterone and estrogen and testosterone. Um, so, so making sure a woman is not in adrenal burnout or uh, adrenal fatigue, that is so, so important. Um, but getting those sugars out of the diet, I mean, I just Definitely. can't. So I've had even
2: women come in with these um, testosterone implants that they do now so that they get, and they're putting them in, I guess they last three months. And I've never up until this past year had women getting supplementation for testosterone. It seems like every client that comes in and I ask their medicine that they're on. They will all have men and women will have testosterone supplements Mm -hmm. from their doctor and they all were told they have low T, Mm -hmm. but I never used to get these people coming in with low T. Mm -hmm. So this must be a new thing. That they're doing with men and women now.
3: Well, once again, it's it's um, buzzword marketing, you know, yes. low-T um, uh, offices, stores, whatever you want to call them, all over the place. And, you know, while there are real true testosterone deficiencies... Um, giving the body testosterone when it doesn't need it is very, very dangerous. It's That's just crazy. like going to the health food store and buying a bottle of melatonin is very dangerous unless you know you're melatonin deficient. so mm-hmm. so while there are real true testosterone deficiencies, you know, a man who is uh, taking testosterone, And is not taking uh, something like diendyl methane or something that will convert, prevent testosterone from converting to estrogen in his body, is setting himself up for uh, prostate cancer.
2: Well, see, and that's what I was wondering. Because when they, if no, everyone cannot be deficient in testosterone. And even if they are, if they're giving just a supplement for it like that, when they come off, it's just going to go back down because they're not teaching the body. They're not figuring out why the body isn't creating right. it. Why is it right. low? Right. Um, and so it is interesting to know it's dangerous because I, I and I, it doesn't, the, what they're trying, and you know, I get a range of people saying, um The guys will say, "I need more energy, or you know some of them it's performance sexually right. but but a lot of them it 'll just be energy or weight gain, and right. so they 'll be on testosterone supplements and i haven 't found a single person that gets the results from that testosterone supplementation that the doctor said could happen, right. and so they 're all it 's almost like um chasing a dream
3: the wrong way right well, and you mentioned earlier uh pituitary gland and The hypothalamus uh, in in the cranial cavity feeds the pituitary gland and this is a a hormonal signaling system and the hypothalamus signals the pituitary which signals the testes to produce testosterone, It, it signals the ovaries to produce estrogen, progesterone, signals the adrenals to produce all of those hormones, signals the thyroid. So you have your whole um, endocrine system that is being signaled by the hypothalamus and pituitary. And they respond back and say, okay, I got the message. So we have to see where is that break. It could be in the uh, within the pituitary and the hypothalamus. So... So it's not just as simple as, as slapping on some testosterone. Where is that break coming? Why do I have that deficiency? And the
2: deficiency continues, doesn't it? If they're just getting supplementation for, you know, if they're getting testosterone supplementation somehow or shot. Some of them go get shot. Some of them get those... Insert what they call yeah, it inserts. under their skin. Those are so bad. Uh, and
3: I was just like, so bad.
2: But it's still whatever is really causing it is not being taken care of, right? And that exactly. could be something pretty serious,
3: exactly. And so, yeah, I um, had a client the other day who's uh, she's 16, and her mother uh, had her own melatonin. And for a 16-year-old to be put on melatonin is not a good thing. So was she thinking sleep, helping her with sleep, giving right. her melatonin?
2: That happens a lot. Right.
3: But, you know, what is what is the real reason she can't sleep? You know, to, because she has anxiety and stress all day long, that she can't sleep well because of her, you know, peer pressure at school and bullying and on hmm. and on and on. You know, it's... Um, it's all about getting to the to the root cause. The root cause. Know. Now, you have
2: a book called Health and the Domino Effect. And I this do. is exactly what it sounds like. Everything's dominoing because they're not finding the real reason that they're getting sick. They're just getting patches for the symptoms. Mm-hmm. And right. then everything just keeps dominoing. Right. Or what they're eating will domino. What's the idea of the book?
3: Well, the idea of the book is... Um, the domino effect—it's you know setting up all these dominoes in a row, and then uh, you know just hitting the first one and all of them fall down. Well, if you take, let's say, one of those dominoes is uh, B6, one of those dominoes is um, hydrochloric acid, one of those dominoes is um, you know a hormone, whatever it happens to be, and you take that, pull that out of the stack. Well, all everything is not going to happen like God designed the body to to act, to react, um, uh, to to heal itself. The body is always wanting and needing to heal itself, um,
2: which know. is really an important thing to know about your body. It wants to heal itself; it's just given the right things. Exactly. Because I know my daughter had holes in her intestines, mm-hmm. and you had said the intestines will heal. If you are gentle with them and you eat bland foods. I can't remember exactly, but her (laughs) intestine healed. (laughs) That's all I know. And so um, how can people reach you if they would like to either make appointments with you or talk with you? Do you do do anything long distance? I do,
3: actually. I have uh, a uh, clientele uh, across the country, actually, who we do telephone consulting with. Um, Most of my clients obviously are face-to-face. And I am in the South Lake, Texas area. And uh, I can be reached. um, My website is nutritionaldirection.com. And my phone number is 817-283-4424. And um, once again, you know, we can do telephone consults. I always like the individual to send me a picture so I know, know who they uh, are, who I'm talking to. And Wonderful. Uh, so.
2: Thank you so much for joining us today and informing us all about
3: this. You're welcome. I enjoyed it very much. Thank you.
2: And thank you for joining us on Living Well with Ann Beal. Hope to have you back next week. Take care.
1: Thank you again for joining us. Living Well with Ann Beal airs live every Wednesday morning at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We can't wait to see you again next week.
0: Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel.